I just say your brand is simply your story and branding is just storytelling. And when you tell your story correctly, it positions you as the most uniquely suited person in the world to help your prospect or customers. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 51. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. People love stories, don't they? They get hooked on the emotional impact of a story. And there's nobody more qualified that I've ever spoken to to talk about this than our man, Nick Nanton. Hey, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. From Response Suite. Really pleased to be here. We've got a really great episode lined up for you today because my friend Nick Nanton said he would come and join us and talk about the way he uses stories to position experts and to sell stuff. Not something we usually talk about on this podcast. No, no, but I mean, a great opportunity. He's an Emmy award-winning filmmaker, filmmaker, yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, making these incredible films and documentaries about famous people and celebrities and experts and uh, I guess the people that we all aspire to be. So that's very cool. Yes, before we get into that, I've got a really good review to read out from iTunes this week. It says, this is the best podcast I've ever heard. And especially the guy with the white hair is particularly talented. And that was written by me just now. <laughs> if you haven't left the review and you want to try and balance things out a bit and stop dross like that from appearing on the podcast, <laughs> then make sure that you go and do so. You can head over to responsesweet.com slash iTunes to post it there. Or if you use Stitcher or somewhere else, you can post it there, write it on your bedroom wall. Don't really mind. Dude, this is the 51st episode. It is. Like, can you believe it? We made it this far. It's going so, so well. And next week we'll mark like a year. What was that? <laughs> that's me. Do your own sound effects. That's me, little drummer. Is that you in the background? You know, the little, the little jingle mix. Is that you? Like, <laughs> is, yeah. on your old. It's horrible. It's absolutely <laughs> horrible. Never do it again. But next week we're going to have a special episode, aren't we? We are. It's our 52nd episode, which means there will be one whole year of us blathering down your ear holes along with some fabulous special guests. So we've got a really special episode planned for you next week. It's so special, we don't know what it is yet. We haven't decided the exact details. We've got a rough idea. Well, you and me will be here. We'll talk. We'll be here. Yes, it's a very special episode. So we'll be talking talking to you in your ear again next week, of course, as usual. Before we get into this episode with Mr. Nanton, I want to go over to the very important Rob's quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, raise your aspirations above your head and run into a crowd of tigers. Just think that where that's going to get you. It's just, it's right up there, isn't it? Set you up for the day. It really set you up for the day. And you thought it was all about cold showers, didn't you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, just, just to let the listener in on this. I've been doing this thing for like a month now, where at the end of my morning shower, I turn it around to freezing cold and just take it. And it makes me feel like, really set up for the day. Now, just be careful if you're going to go and do this. Obviously, health permitting. Don't shock yourself into some kind of, what's that thing called when you get really cold? Um, shock. You know, when people like get cold. Frostbite. Frost, uh, no. Jack uh, Frost. What? Anyway, that's quite enough of that. Anyway, whatever. I, uh, I do it nearly every, every day. What? Nearly did it this morning. Nearly did it yesterday. Oh, Nearly that's did a little Penny Hill joke, that, isn't it? <laughs> Nearly did it. It's there. a cracking joke. I love it. I love it. I love it. By the way, if, if, if we've got anybody who's listening, I know we've got a lot of people who are coaches and consultants listening, we've got something special for you. We have, yeah. You see, for the past 10, we keep saying 10, it's definitely more than 10, but we'll call it 10 uh, years. We've been working with high-ticket coaching programs, both our own and other people's as well, helping them to get more clients in, streamline that process, and make it all hunky-dory. So uh, what that means, we've learned lots of stuff about 
high ticket coaching application forms, the questions to ask, the questions not to ask, the order to ask them in, the colors, the layout, that stuff. And we put it all together for you into a lovely, lovely resource that you can go and download for free. Yeah, you can go and find it right now at perfectapplicationform.com. The whole package, what to ask, the order to ask them, how many questions to ask, the types of questions, all that sort of stuff, right inside there for you to go and use. Now, uh, I think that's enough from us. Probably. Go and chat with Nick. Nick Nanton is in the house. Nick, mate, how are you? Great, man. It's good to hear you. It's been a long time. It's been a little while since we were hanging out together. I know. Have you been well? I've been I've been having lots of fun and uh, family's doing good. Everybody's good, man. Thank you. That's so lovely. It's been amazing at what the things you've been achieving over the last few years. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get to talk about that over the course of this episode. Now, Nick, here's what I want to ask you. Over the last few months and years, we've noticed there's been a real shift in the industry. And what's become increasingly apparent is that there's loads of people out there who are actually executionally very good at the thing. They can build funnels. They can create content. They can do the stuff. They can run ads. But actually, their businesses don't soar quite as well well as those people who actually are able to connect with their audience in a stronger level. Their pages might look uglier. Their offers may not even be as good, but they really know how to connect with their audience. Tell us about that. What is the secret? I mean, the secret, as you know, we're here to talk about, is, is absolutely story. And I'll just give you a little bit. I am in no way a brain scientist, but I'll just give you a little bit of, uh, of info that I found when I was researching. Because I was telling stories through documentaries and books and other things, and I started seeing this response I'd never seen before. So we decided to write a book about it and, and, like, to try to figure, and, and along the way we tried to figure out why was this happening and then how could other people recreate it. So we've all heard there's two sides of the brain, the left side and the right side. The left side is that logical, sequential, rational, analytical, objective side of the brain that looks at parts. And then the right side of the brain is the random, intuitive, holistic, synthesizing, subjective, and, and it looks at holes. And so the funniest thing is when you talk to people and you say, hey, which side of the brain do you think that uh, stories would appeal to? Everyone says the right side of the brain, the really creative side. As you're going to guess, because I'm making it a thing, it's not true. The brain uses the left side of the brain, the logical side of the brain. Stories help the brain understand things. That's why stories connect so well. It's a creative to create a story, but it's analytical to hear it in a way. So it's logical. It makes sense. One of the things I love the most about telling stories is that if you tell a story the right way, we wrote a chapter in our book, Storytelling, about the best way to win an argument. Best way to win an argument is not to argue. It's to tell a story, get everyone to agree with you along the way about these things that happened. And then you say, and here's the outcome, and here's why it happened. And so you've just gotten buy-in the whole way. They can't argue. You just told them the story, and you told them the outcome. This is you know, the reason why it happened. So that, and then also the brain also emits a chemical called oxytocin, uh, not Oxycontin. That's, that's the drug you don't want to mess with, but oxytocin (laughs) is a natural chemical reaction that is, um, it's actually released in mother's breast milk. It's released when someone gives you like a, a warm hug from like a friend or family member. It's released during orgasm. It's one of these things that it's a chemical that builds trust in the body. So when people, when you tell a story well enough, you actually create a chemical response in the listener or the viewer where they actually build trust. So stories actually, you know, create a chemical response that builds trust. So that's why when someone gets it right, it works so amazingly well. 
It's incredible that to think about the, one of the things that telling a story does is it helps us make sense of something that otherwise is quite difficult to make sense of. And do you think that's because it allows us to take something that might be quite abstract as a concept and give it context? I, I absolutely think so. I mean, they help us process information in a way we can understand, but not only that, a way we can better enjoy. So for instance, there's a series of books, by whether, no matter what you like politically, but like uh, Killing Lincoln uh, Killing Kennedy. They're written by Bill O'Reilly, you know this this loudmouth political pundit, and this and this uh, other guy Martin Dugard. And it's amazing that like history to me, I don't know that I had many history teachers that really made history come alive. I had a few, but these books they sort of insert you in what was actually happening at the time with the Cuban Missile Crisis and the whatever it is. And like wow, all of a sudden. I can understand history and actually enjoy it so much more. It's, it's sort of like, look, uh, would you rather read you know, pages and pages of facts about Scotland's history or watch Mel Gibson kick ass and brave for it? I mean, it's a very easy answer. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, it helps us enjoy and get context around what actually is happening. This is really cool. I think one of the problems that a lot of marketers face and entrepreneurs face is that they're so wrapped up in their thing. They're so wrapped up in the thing that they sell or the solution that they deliver or the service that they offer that actually they're so busy trying to just ram down all the benefits of what it offers and they're so product focused. Where does the story fit into a marketing process? How do we tear ourselves away from just going, but buy this because it's faster and bigger and better and stronger. Here's the sizzle, it's not the steak. (laughs) Yeah. How do we how do we get ourselves away from just trying to be the better product or the louder product or the louder service and actually weave a story into the process? So I can just tell you I did not know how to do this nearly as well as I understand it now. I I still have a lot to learn, but based on the amount of we've I've directed and we've produced over sixty documentaries. And when we when I look at the award winning, can we say let's not be let's not be too shy about the fact. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, so the best stories are when you drop someone in the middle. If you think about your favorite T V show or whatever it's like, you know, I don't know about you guys. When I'm, I typically watch movies on airplanes, but I watch a lot of TV at home. But there's like a lot of movies I'll see like, uh, I don't, that doesn't look like uh, it's called something. It's about something I'm not really interested in watching. But eventually, you know, I'm bored or run out of things on airplane to watch or something. I'll click it. And within the first three minutes, really good movies just suck you in. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't expect this to happen between these characters. And so a great story drops you in the middle of a point of, tension and then it sort of flashes back to help you understand how you got here and then it goes brings you back to the present into that moment and then it takes you to the conclusion or if it's a sequential series it drops you into the next cliffhanger so that in the next episode they can drop you right in the middle so that is the way is literally to you know the it's sort of like the uh the old infomercial formula is this is you know um hi i'm you know i'm i'm jim smith and i'm fitter than I've ever been. I'm, I weigh less than I've ever weighed. I can lift 3,000 pounds, hmm. but it wasn't always that way. Uh, you know, I used to be 9,700 pounds and they used to have to use a bulldozer to get me out of my house <laughs> until I discovered this secret formula. I traveled the world, spoke to shaman, went to Mount whatever, and I <laughs> figured this one out and now I can share it with you too. And so that is like a very common formula, but 
It's just dropping them in the middle of what makes sense, whatever's going to grab their attention. So it's starting with the story and then weave the features and benefits into it. I mean, it's sort of like being at a cocktail party. We've all been to enough parties. We've heard enough people ramble on about stuff that's just not interesting. Mm-hmm. But you walk up to a conversation where someone's telling a great story and you stop. You know, I, the social media is, is the world's largest cocktail party. You know, unfortunately, some people have no couth. They do the equivalent of standing up on a chair and yell, mortgage rates, lower than ever, mortgage rates. And I was like, we're here to party. Nobody wants to hear that. And then you sort of meander around to another conversation and someone's telling like, I was in the, you know, the Virgin Islands and I, I bump into this guy at a bar and I say, okay, this is interesting. And then they lead you down the path and eventually you end up buying something, right? So uh, I don't know. That's a long rambling answer, but that's my opinion. Yeah, so I'm just wondering where the story fits in for many of us who are doing some kind of, I don't know, most of our audience are perhaps... Most of us, I suppose, are direct response marketers with with a bit of brand coming along there because we now understand the importance of building brand in order to build trust. So does the story itself have to be an overt story on that page or in your marketing material? Or can it be almost like the subtext on which it's like, because I'm from an acting background. You have like the internal dialogue and you have the external dialogue, which I know being a filmmaker, you get better than anybody. So How much of it is the internal dialogue, the unspoken script almost, that is sort of underpinning it? Or does it absolutely need to be told as a story? The more you can tell the story outright, but leave moments for people to to decide what it looks like or feels like to them, what it means to them, I think that's the real win. If I'm going to talk to you about being in one of our best-selling books, let's say, that my agency does, and I drop you into, hey, all right, so listen, I was... At the Mojave Spaceport with Richard Branson, and I was trying to get this interview, and Richard told me by email, hey, Nick, I, no matter what happens, you stop me wherever I am. I will stop, and I will give you the 15 minutes I promised you. Okay, there's a whole other story that goes with that, That's but all amazing. of a sudden, you're leaning in, right? And so it's all about finding, and it doesn't have to be a big name like Richard Branson, but that was that's one of the hooks right there. So sure. it's all about using you know, hooks to where like everything I just said right there, you know, I could have expounded on the fact that I was promised an interview. Everyone around me was trying to ruin it. But Richard was the guy who said, you find me. Then I finally I find him. He thinks that, you know, that the interview he just did was the one I wanted to do. But he stops anyway. You know, we end up going over by a tree. My crew's trying to mic him and light him. And I'm like, look, did you see how uncomfortable he was in that last interview? No, just make it work. And we got a beautiful interview of Richard blowing kisses. What You know, I, I can go on and on and, and, and lead you through then, you know, what that taught me about whatever I'm trying to get integrity as well as, you know, as your word. And the reason why I knew Richard would do what he said he did, because I know Richard's story well, because he has, he's told his story so well in multiple media formats, TV, and a lot of it in best-selling books. And so the books that he has have allowed me to get to know Richard without really knowing him before I knew him, which led me into creating a relationship. So one of the most important things about it is the fact that Richard took the opportunity to tell his story through books in a way that other people who he'd never met could create a relationship with him and build trust with him. So, right. So we could go that direction if we want. It is. It's amazing. It's somebody at that level as well for somebody. I mean, you're obviously at a fantastic level, but we're all in the shadow of Branson, aren't we? Look, we're going to interrupt right now, but we're talking about emotions and we've come up with a customized game, especially for you, Nick. And it's all about emotions because telling stories is all about emotions. So Rob has been tasked with using the little children's rhyme, Incy Wincy Spider, and he's going to say it up to 10 times over the next minute. But each time he says it, he's going to try and do it and convey a different emotion. 
Now, for me as a professional actor, uh, or trained actor, not a professional actor, a trained actor, very different things, <laughs> um, <laughs> as loads of trained ones, many, very few professional ones, uh, and th- th- that would be pretty, uh, pretty easy, but Rob is certainly not trained in anything whatsoever. So uh, don't try this at home, because Rob is not a trained professional. So the time is going to start. He's going to have a minute to do as many of these as you possibly can. Just guess the emotion, and we'll see how many we get done in one minute. So, Rob, off you go. In Sea Witchy Spider climbed up the spout, down came the spring, and washed the spider out. You don't even know the rhyme. Excited? It yes. is excited. Yes, number one. <laughs> in Sea Witchy Spider climbed up the spout. Then you're mad? Yes, yes man. In Sea Witchy Spider climbed up the spout, down came the rain. Wash the spider out. What would I call that emotion? Uh, uh, like, fed up? Uh, uh, <laughs> if you like, I'm not angry, I'm just... Uh, you... Um, Pass on, Do you see spider? Climbed up the spout? So uh, inqui- Like inquisitive, almost. Yeah, 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 yeah you have that. Incy yeah. oh, wincy spider. Climbed up the spout. <laughs> Depressed? Yeah, yeah you, you can have, have that. that. Incy Wincy Spider climbed up the spout. Down Afraid? came the ring. Afraid, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Incy Wincy Spider climbed up the spout. Interested? You can't uh, have that one. Nearly. Time is up nearly. The That's only thing be. you didn't get. That was pretty good. It's five out of seven. Uh, it was five out of seven. You got excited. You got angry. Don't think he got disappointed. I think we skipped on disappointment. Oh, uh, yeah. I couldn't quite figure that one out. Okay, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. And then that last one there was surprised. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm a professional Emmy? actor, so yeah, we're good. Yeah, so the Emmy goes to Rob <laughs> Temple. <laughs> Excellent stuff. All right, let's get back into talking about these stories because it is about emotions, and there's a global phenomenon. There's a place near, actually near us, very close, just inside of Newcastle, called Seven Stories, and it's a building. It's a really amazing building, which is over seven stories. A seven-story building, which is all about the seven stories that we can tell. It's, it's I think it's based on like children's literature it's to increase it's to encourage literacy and that kind of thing but there are only seven plots for stories in the world can you tell us what they are because i think they'd be amazing to tap into when we're thinking about how do we tell this as a story how do we tell that as a story i'll go through all seven and why don't we talk about the four i think work best in business it's not great but you know there's some all right so overcoming the monster is the first one rags to riches the quest there's voyage and return, there's rebirth, there's comedy, and there's tragedy. I will say for a lot of people, for instance, like comedy and tragedy are, tragedy most doesn't usually work, but it works really good like in, uh, you know, in like selling insurance, let's say maybe, <laughs> or, and comedy can work really good, but just not, it's not for everybody. So I'm going to sort of try to stick with the ones that I think are, are sort of easy to understand. Sure. Um, overcoming the monster being the first. Movie examples would be like Frankenstein, Alien, Star Wars. But in a business context, it could be anything from like portraying a battle, how we courageously stopped a big competitor from coming in and ruining the marketplace, or how we overcame poverty or debt or oh, whatever. Or government is evil or something like that. Exactly. There's a, you have to create a monster, and then you show you know your story is how you overcame it. And then in business, like 
and how you can help other people do the same thing. So, you know, like injury lawyers do a lot of that. Like we beat the big bad insurance company or the bus that hits you in the road. Or Another really or, common one would be how we, for the people who do tax, they help you yep. with, your, with your reducing tax. The tax man is, is the evil one. And then we're going to help you reduce your tax bill. You absolutely got it. The, the second one is an easy one too, rags to riches. Very basic concept, but people, if you overcome being absolutely broke and become successful, like everyone sort of knows what it takes to go from any level of poverty and make it out of that. So it's just an an easy one. If the audience feels that you've overcome incredible odds, they get in your corner forever. You know, and we have and we see people. that story everywhere, don't we? Like everyone's talking about how I was homeless. I, I was then... living out of a pizza box <laughs> under a bridge. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. All all that. Um, so that's easy one. Rags to riches. Um, the quest is a really interesting one. It's all about a hero who leaves behind everyday life, um, and the hero could be looking for anything. They could be seeking a person, a seeking a magical place, or even like a magical object, but it doesn't have to be like that. It could be something like they found a whole new revolutionary way of success. So like, you know, we've seen a lot of these stories, people who had diabetes or health ailments and they tried medicine and they tried whatever, but they didn't work. So they went, they set out on a quest to travel the world and meet the top experts to find a way that they could get their health back. And now, you know, it's through this specific diet or workout regimen or whatever. So that's the quest, right? That makes sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So like I was looking for the perfect solution to this thing and boom, eventually after pain and struggle, I found this one thing and it's fixed all my problems. Exactly. And then the other, the plot number four, I think is a nice one too, is rebirth. The thing about rebirth is you have to have prior tragedy occur before you can have rebirth. So it could be in the US, we had the big real estate market crash in 2008. So a lot of people use the rebirth story of, you know, I I had a 10,000 square foot house. I had a hundred agents working for me. I had a hundred people in my business, the market crash. I lost everything. My dog bit me. My self-driving truck drove away. Uh, and, <laughs> and so, you know, and, but then I rebuilt it all. I realized what I had done wrong, hadn't prepared for this, that, or the other. And now I'm, you know. So the, the difference court. there is the rebirth is usually about the person making a change themselves. Is that the main difference? Usually internal change or some sort of struggle. But I mean, it could be other things, but it's, so it could be, it could be the story. Like I used to be a drug addict. This is, this is not true yeah. folks. Please don't quote this out of context, internet, you know, uh, so there's some guy saying he used to be a drug addict and then saying, but then I fixed my life and changed my ways. Or I used to be a criminal and I changed my ways and now I'm doing all this really good stuff. Is that the one? Yeah. And it's just that everyone, it's basically a comeback story. Everyone sure. loves a comeback. So those, those are the four that I think are, are easiest to use in business. Sure. Wow. Okay. Massively. I'm just thinking about, it's very easy to think about these because you're a filmmaker. It's very easy to think about all of these as things you would do as a video. You can see just a nice, softly, soft focus, bit of a camera, nice lighting. You're sat there with a blurry background and you're taught and, and there's some nice sweet stock music over the background of it. And you're telling the story about how you had this awful time and you fixed it or you, you adhere to one of those stories, but it doesn't just have to be video, does it? No, you can do it. I mean, there's plenty of great storytelling in podcasts and books and sales letters. I mean, the best sales letters, I remember the very first sales letter I think I ever like knowingly, intentionally read was by Jay Abraham. And my business partner brought to me, he's like, 
you're going to fight me a little bit on this, but he, this is a hundred page sales letter. I want you to read it. I was like a hundred pages. But, you know, but by the time you got to the end of it, you were buying, I mean, you were invested, but he told such a great story through the whole thing. You know, it, it works, you know, and, and we've got things like, uh, I mean, there's just so many examples. There's business parables, but you know, certainly the E-Myth was one. Uh, the monkey sold his Ferrari. I mean, it's a great story that leads you to you know, sort of life lessons, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we could do it through, we could do it through all those, we could do it through blogs. I mean, blogs are a really good way of doing it as well. Telling those stories. A lot of people do this daily email thing. Again, it's a really good way of building it up and, and sharing those stories. I particularly like that as an implementation for people to take the power of what Nick's sharing here and apply it to this. Because if you think about, if you've got a, your email list and you email them every day and you tell them a latest story, that story can be as mundane as I ordered a pizza and the pizza was late. Sure. And you're able to wrap that into a thing, twist it into a business less that's relevant to your niche, and then push that out. And that's mm-hmm. so, so powerful. Absolutely. Now, we're going to interrupt proceedings again for our second and favorite game of the podcast episode. This is Kennedy's turn to look like a bug. Uh, here's how it works. I'm going to, uh, my colleague Kennedy here, hello, is going to sing a song for you. That song uh, is going to be sung in the style of a traditional British pub or club singer, which means your job, Nick, is simply to guess what song Kennedy sings. It's a pity to hear it here. It's a pity, it's a pity, That was horrendous. Excellent. Nick, any idea? I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's not. Lost. I think I think I think it was pretty obvious. That was celebration by, by Cool and the Gang. gang. No, that was there's a party going on right here. I celebrate anyway. No, that was all right. Good. Here's, here's a, let's drag this kicking and screaming back to storytelling and story selling. Nick, here's a question for you. Uh, for our listeners who think, oh, but I just I suck at telling stories. I don't know how to do this. I'm good at marketing and I'm good at squeeze pages and I don't know about. Like, what should these people be like? Should they be learning to be a good writer? Is storytelling its own totally separate thing? Where should they be looking? What resources and educational stuff? What type of stuff should people be, apart from your book, of course, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, should people be looking to learn from? If I were doing it in the marketing world, I'd look at the people who are having the biggest success in fields that I respect, the people who I respect are having good success. and Or even if I don't respect them, see how they're telling stories. Like, what are they doing that's different? I would bet you most of them have some sort of narrative or story that really, you know, I start here. People always talk about branding. And, you know, you could find someone who will charge you any amount of money you can imagine to help you choose colors, logos, look and feel, photography. All that is important. Don't get me wrong. But, but that's not where you start. I just say your brand is simply your story. And branding is just storytelling. And when you tell your story correctly, it positions you as the most uniquely suited person in the world to help your prospect or customer. So they don't want to go to anybody else. So I would say, look, there's plenty of resources to go to, but just look at what other people are doing that's working well and find a way to make it your own and look at where you came from that led you to where you are right now. When you really stop, most people, the biggest problems actually don't think they have an interesting story hmm. and it's because they lived it. And so when you go back and you think through what, led you to the place you are right now, there's usually four, five, six really pivotal moments 
that led you to there and then gives you the experience that allows you to really help people in the niche you're in or the niche, however you guys say it. So <laughs> I'd say just look back at your own story. Start there. That's the best place to start. In terms of how long these stories should be as well, I, th- I was just having to think there that perhaps you could tell the whole story in that sort of one document, that one asset that you're putting out, that video, that post on Facebook or you know whatever it might be. That's one sort of approach, I suppose. The other is to almost make it like a soap opera where it's sort of, they, they put the bits together over time. Does that, is that effective or do you think it needs to be, the whole story needs to be sort of there? No, I think there's definitely different formats that certain things don't work in one format and crush it in another. I think my general rule for story is it can never be too long, just too boring. You know, like we talked earlier about a little bit about Russell Brunson, like Russell's using sequential storytelling through Instagram TV and Facebook Mm -hmm. stories and all that stuff. And it's sort of the style of like what's going on now. And so people tune in every thousands of people, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people tune in every day to see what Russell's having for breakfast and how he's coaching his kid in wrestling and how he's running funnel hacking live, what he's, whatever. And so, yeah, there's, there's definitely different formats. And again, I would just say the easiest way to start is to look at what's working for somebody else who, you know, ideally you respect. Yeah. The people who are doing this really, really well are those big social media influencers. You know, those people who are like attractive and they've got a bajillion Instagram followers because they're like pretty and telling stories. Uh, mm-hmm. Those people are absolutely killing because we not only see inside their businesses, but we also get to see inside their lives and their relationships and stuff like that. What I hope right now is that our listeners will take a step back from their business for a moment as they're listening to this and think, oh, you know, crap, I have a story and I just don't really tell it. Like I'm so focused on the stuff that I sell and helping my audience, which is important, but I don't actually let them see enough of me. I don't let them see enough of my story. And we're the same. I mean, I'm absolutely like that. I've always been like that. I've always been like, well, why do they care about me? I think one of the big things we have is because we've all been told Mm. in marketing that the thing we should talk about is what's in it for them. Focus on them. What's the benefits for them? Which means it's very easy for us to cut out the bits of us. And I think that is a shift that's happened in the last few years. I think that probably used to be the case. And now that brand has become more important, I think story has become more important with that. Let's talk about very quickly how do the stories of our previous customers, like our previous victories fit into this? So, you know, like people use testimonials and stuff all the time, of course, but yeah. in terms of, um, in fact, we talked about Russell a few times. One thing you're seeing all the time on ads right now is stories of his previous students and clients and successes. Where does that fit into the picture, using their stories to enhance your vision and your marketing? Yeah, I think what you got to look at is whenever I'm telling a documentary where I'm trying to get a point across for a marketer or a business of some kind, I just try to find who are their avatars they're trying to reach and let's tell one or two stories from each of those people. So it's just really trying to use other people's stories as well, how you help them to relate to people who may not relate as well to you just because they may have distrust for your sex. They may have distrust for your age. I mean, it could be anything. So how do we utilize others who might fit their profile of someone who they would listen to better? So I, yeah, I use them all the time. Right. Hmm. That's really interesting. We're going to head into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. Hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the three marketers podcast now on your podcast player. So first of all, Nick, apart from your own, give us a book that you recommend. I'm reading a book right now that's blowing my mind uh, called Da Vinci and the 40 Answers. And it's all about creative thinking, but it's like massively incredible for anyone. Uh, and then I'll, t- I'll give you a bonus. How about that? Uh, another one, uh, cut it in half. Wait, we've got more. No, um, the, the next one that I would tell you that I absolutely loved reading recently was The War of Art. 
Wow. Uh, you're the second person to tell me about that, and I still yeah. haven't added it to my Amazon wish. Yeah, it's so that. good. Is it really good? What is something like uh, one of your top success habits, something like you do regularly? Uh, I try not to schedule myself too tightly, I would say. I really only schedule two or three important things for a day. Typically, if I'm on a shoot, things can change. But I try to leave room for other for things to happen that I would that I could never imagine. Or I ever think that's expect. the creator, isn't it? That, that, that ability to breathe as a creative person. Yes. Mm. Can you give us a, a marketer or an entrepreneur that you look up to? Oh, man, there's a ton. I mean, I've, I've spent so much time with so many amazing people. But I... You know, we've talked about it a couple times already. I'm I'm working on my third project with Russell Brunson right now. Uh, he's just a really good person. And every time you say I, Russell's name, that goes ding. Is that like a thing? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like I'm getting money. No, um, <laughs> it's, it's it's my text on my computer, but I can't shut it off, or I won't be able to hear you. So, so um, but so no, he's just he's the real deal. He's a really good guy, helping a lot of people, and I just admire not only how hard he works, he's a really good person. So that's why a lot of people get behind him. Jay Abraham, just how brilliant he is. I finished a documentary on him not long ago. I admire Joe Polish. He's a really good guy as well. He connects a ton of people and he's got a great heart. I mean, I could go on and on. There's there's, uh, there's a lot of really – I've got no asshole rule. I just won't work with him. So <laughs> I'm surrounded by just really good people and it's really nice. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of your favorite apps or things that you, that, you, that you use to rely on, maybe that run your life? That's a good one. I pretty much determine what's going to happen that day based on emails or what I need to get done. Like my email box is my to-do list basically, or I'll farm it out to somebody else. So email is sort of a basic one. I use Voxer quite a bit for voice chat, voice text, if I'm driving or other things. I use, oh yeah, I travel a lot. So I use a white noise app to sleep Mm. because you never know, you know, who's, what idiots can be in the hallway at 3am or whatever, (laughs) um, or who's going to be next to you. That's newlyweds or something. Uh, <laughs> so uh, those are those are at least some interesting ones. Amazing. Big important question here, Nick. Who do you like more, redhead Rob or platinum head Kennedy? Well, I, I know too much about Kennedy to like him a lot, so I'm going to go with Rob. Yes. <laughs> you just said that. We are friends. All right, finally, mate. Tell everybody, where can they go to find out more about you? I uh, just go to nickmanson.com. From there, you can download our books for free, all sorts of stuff. You know, you'll get on our list, of course, but you'll learn about what we do and how we do it. We're in the business of helping people tell their stories better through all sorts of media, and it's a lot of fun, man. We've been able to help 3,000 entrepreneurs in 63 countries across the globe, and we're just getting started. Flip and Eck, you're pretty busy. Thank you so much. It's been so good to share all this stuff and get a real insight into this sort of storytelling and how we can apply it to our marketing. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. Have you seen the guy's showreel, though? It's mega. <laughs> There's like nobody big and famous who I respect who he hasn't interviewed. Or I mean, made a video with. obviously this is an audio only podcast, but we did do this on video. And so we could see the row of awards. I don't want to say which ones they were, but he's got Emmys and all sorts of other stuff just stacked up on the shelf casually behind. Do you know what I love about Nick though? He's driven by a passion to do really good work. And it seems that the, the financial rewards and the lifestyle he's able to lead has come just as a side effect of wanting just to do brilliant work. And now he even got to talk to us. I mean, it's, he's at the top of his career quite a bit, isn't he? So, I mean, yeah. it's I all mean he might have been interviewing yeah. Richard Branson a little while ago, but today... Me and you. It was, it was us, lads. It was us. And it's all downhill from here. <laughs> it is. If you want to read the show notes, if you do want to read the show notes of everything that we talked about and the links to all the resources that Nick mentioned, you can find them over at blog.responsesuite.com slash zero five one. Hmm, indeed. Now, again, don't go anywhere. 
uh, make sure you go and leave us a lovely review uh, on your favorite podcast player. You can do that at responsory.com slash iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else that you want to go. Do it. Okay. We'll be back next week. We've got a special episode for you. We're really excited. And I won't make a trumpet side effect. You promise? Promise. That's it. Get out of here. Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesweet.com.